mystery and horror, the air itself is filled with monsters. Children of the night, what music they make. everyone and welcome to the first episode of the monsters up north podcast it's a month oh it's a monster podcast <laughs> see i told you i'd mess it up <laughs> <laughs> this is where the monster squad will assemble to discuss all things monster related either hollywood monsters or even maybe real life monsters mm. i am your host sam and I am joined by the amazing Dan from Bleeding Marvelous. Say hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. <laughs> we were meant to be joined by Peaches today, but unfortunately she has had to pull out due to unforeseen circumstances. But we do love you, Peaches, very, very much. And we will have you on at some point, even if it's just to do Creature 2.0. If we forget anything if we forget anything but i have literally just given the first episode away it is <gasps> creature from the black lagoon bum, bum, bum. i mean if you couldn't tell by dan's amazing backdrop because that girl knows how to do a backdrop all creature <laughs> i love it i'd be a it. shit car model wouldn't i Ah. Hey. No, I think you'd be a great car model. So we're going to go and do Creature from the Black Lagoon, which was released in February 1954, as I look at my notes. <laughs> it scored 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, which That's is not, bad. not, a, bad, not yeah. a bad rating for a movie that came out in the 50s. It stars, and you'll have to bear with me, it stars Julie Adams as Kay Lawrence, Richard Denning as Dr. Mark Williams. Richard Carlson as Dr. David Reeves. Now I'm going to hopefully not butcher this name. Rico? Rico Browning? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we I pronounce it Rico, 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 Rico. Yeah. He was the underwater creature and Ben Chapman as the online creature. Mm -hmm. So the first question I'm going to ask. And this will be the first question I ask on every one of these podcasts is what makes Creature a great monster? Ooh, uh, I think I'm going to go with the fact that this predated most of the underwater terrors that we now mm. know. It yeah. predated Jaws, which is obviously the biggest water-based monster mm -hmm. uh that if anyone was to say oh name a sea movie with a monster people go straight to jaws um the only thing like it but wasn't underwater similar to it was lost um it was one of the planet of the lost some lost in time something like that it was uh these amphibious type creatures but none of them went under the water mm -hmm. so it was revolutionary for its time because it was the first movie filmed underwater in 3D. So it was everything yeah. about it was absolutely unheard of. And people liked swimming back then. They liked going in lakes and, and then they got scared to go in the water. And, and it did so many things to 
shock people and that's why creature was good because uh, he was just so ugly <laughs> yeah he's not the most like aesthetically to look at him he's not the prettiest however no. he is the scariest he is the tallest and he's yeah. very he's a very different monster than what you get as in your dracula as in what yeah. you've seen before you've yeah. got to think this is 1954 there's not been a lot of monsters yeah. brought to the forefront and creature is something so different mm -hmm. yeah because so, i mean you had uh obviously dracula was very eloquent and suave and charming yes. and frankenstein depending on which version you go with was uh more loquacious he he became he was from nothing he started that he could grunt and say stuff and by the end he could hold a conversation and it was all about him learning and things and then you get as far as the creature and it's like he doesn't say a word not no. one word and he's just it's just his presence his whole that... mannerism just even standing in one position is breathtaking and mm -hmm. um, the I mean we'll probably get into this later on but the underwater scenes alone are mm -hmm. absolutely stunning and for it to be actually done in a suit yeah there's no cgi there's no special effects that is full-on proper prosthetic makeup mm. underwater it's crazy to think that they could do that in 1954. Mm. love it love it so i have one of my first factoids which my husband blew out the water when i told him it but i didn't know this but the creature was actually modeled after the Oscar statue. Yeah. Did you know that? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. And um, basically one of them had been nominated for an Academy Award, but they yes. hadn't won it. Um, and he'd seen the silhouette on the it was on like a It was on a card yeah. or something that like you've yeah. been nominated and it had it at the bottom. Yeah. And the thing was, when you see the first head sculpt of... <laughs> what they this was before millicent patrick but we'll get into that bit later mm -hmm. i think when you see the first head sculpt of the creature oh my god they clearly based it on the smooth head yeah. of the oscar so it had no gills it had no pronounced lips it had it no texture it was, or anything oh god it was bloody awful and i said i swear to god if that thing came towards me i'd be more scared of that than i would of him <laughs> it, it was it was awful uh, it was it was like they were really trying to stick with that aesthetic, which mm -hmm. I do think they achieved from the head down. It, down. You can see mm -hmm. it, yeah. From the head down, they 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 did good. Well, that's what their aim was. Well, Anth was saying, well, it's just a person. It's no different than, and I was like, no, because there's a certain look to an Oscar. And when you, when I, now that I know that and looking at scenes within Creature, I can see that silhouette. Mm. I can totally see it. Yeah. But yeah, I did not know that. I have learned a lot today, by the way, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> yeah, this it's there there I, I actually did when I was doing a bit of research as well, because it turns out, I mean, over the three movies, I know technically the second two don't exist. <laughs> in yes. my opinion. In my which, opinion. Which I only learned about today. <laughs> yes. Um, some of them, the third one in particular is trash. But it's very much influenced when you watch it. Uh, it very much influenced Jaws 3D when right. you watch when you watch. Um, I can't remember 
it's like the return of the creature or, or that's the second one uh, I think, the but revenge it, the revenge of the creature that's so the, the second one. one was the creature walks among among us and the, oh, the third one was revenge of the creature so you've got creature from the black lagoon at 80 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah brilliant then you've got the creature walks among us which is sitting at around 40 maybe 30 if my memory serves me right but then you've got the next one which is in the it's really in the law figures oh it's stunk i mean when you <laughs> when you see it it's like over the over those movies they didn't improve storyline it was literally a oh that's a great movie let's capitalize on it let's bang mm. out some sequels doesn't matter what we do because yeah. it, this film is so good it will be fine yes um so they ended up having five creatures five people playing the creatures over the three films wow because what they what they didn't credit was rico browning if you go back and watch the credits he never got a credit for the first movie oh. he he got a question mark like boris karloff did and uh bella lugosi got he got a question mark right and he and he said that he wanted billing in the next two films mm -hmm. because how could he ever find work if no one ever believed that he played the creature yeah. Yeah. so but yeah it's um the five actors was ben chapman who we know mm -hmm was the land creature um and tom hennessy and don mcgowan all three of those played uh the land creatures and rico mm -hmm. played the sea yeah, played the underwater creature for three of them all three of them and uh, a guy called ted white did all the stunts right. so i don't know i don't know how they quantify stunts in that because to me what rico was doing was all stunt work because he was practically drowning himself on a daily basis just to yeah. get these shots so but yeah it, that, it's yeah. crazy that is some stunt work because the underwater scenes in that movie are some of the most impressive and most beautiful sequences that you and to do the into fact that you've got him and her mirroring each other it's just it's so breathtaking honestly if you've not seen creature in the black loon why are you here <laughs> but also go watch it yeah <laughs> it's not the longest of films but it and honestly the, the the story itself is quite forgettable for me it's more the interactions between Kay and the creature Kay being on that boat when the creature's there like that's some of the most scariest bit of cinema i've ever seen and i will watch anything horror related but just the fact that it's so the water is calm yeah he is in that cage and his eyes are just above the the waterline and so everything's kind of like magnified underneath but you just you just see his eyes perfectly and it's so calm and so still and you're like oh when is he gonna break out of there because he's gonna break out of there <laughs> i mean it didn't take much did it let's be honest but no. yeah yeah i mean the something i learned as well was about the suit work because mm -hmm. in the first one Rico Browning stood under six foot. So they had to make two suits, one for Ben yeah. Chapman, who was six four, and one for Rico. Um, and if you notice, which is uh, something that not a lot of people do, when you look at the land creature compared to the sea creature, the ch there's more chest plates, you know, on that section in the uh, middle. yeah. Because they had to extend it because when Ben Chapman stood in the full creature outfit, he stood at six seven. 
Wow. That's why okay. he looks so tall. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so they had to multiply the chest, um, that chest section. Mm -hmm. So when you see him in the water, I think he's about three or four less in the water than Ben Chapman on land, but you don't notice because it's in proportion. That's but, so crazy. Yeah. Um, and uh, also I found out that at the time, each suit cost $15,000 in 1954. But when you do the translation into today's money, it works out at, let me look at my notes, around £135,000 each to make each suit by today's Jesus money. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, and when you hear an interview with Rico Browning, he said uh, basically it was a leotard that they glued polystyrene foam on and they burnt me all the time with the glue because it'd go through the... Yeah. Um, the leotard onto my skin and it would burn my skin and like he was like i've still got scars to this date well he's he passed now but i was just I gonna say sure we, yeah. we lost him last year was it this year last it year? was this year yeah it was only about oh. a couple of months ago i think maybe february time but don't think yeah. there's any cast surviving now no oh, but yeah sad. he was he was um he was saying that it, it, for what it was when you look at today's standards of movie monsters and, and movie magic he said it was just foam um the foam padding that they carve out and then they mold and it was stuck on with like evo stick or something yeah you wouldn't, be seeing, you wouldn't be seeing that on face off would you the, <laughs> in this day and age but no. that's so funny because i think i mentioned on the monster podcast that we did if you've not seen it i will add a link to that episode because it was absolutely fantastic um we i, I just i talked about um jack pearson Jack Pearson and his method of makeup was literally glue and stick and that's what he did to Lon Chaney Jr with a wolfman just so that must have been a, a universal method of doing makeup just sticking we'll just stick it where it needs to go <laughs> he was actually saying as well though that they made the foam latex suit because it would fare better under the water um mm -hmm. but the problem was when they filmed a lot of the underwater scenes in Silver Springs, I think it was Silver Springs in Florida. Yeah. Um, they had turtles that were in the water. <laughs> and he said he felt a tugging during one of the, they were recording a scene and he felt a tugging on his leg and he turned around and a turtle had taken a chunk out of his heel of the, the, the foot prosthetic, taken a massive chunk out of it and was wandering off, swimming off with this prosthetic oh in his mouth. Oh my God. And they had to chase the turtle, get the prosthetic, it back and stick it back on because they didn't have enough money to make another foot so <laughs> and this is the universal studios yeah you would it's think crazy they would have some amazing money i think that's all you're going to hear from us throughout these like factoids is that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> eh? what eh? well here's factoid number two now this one really interested us boris karlov was offered the role of the creature yeah. and he said absolutely not <laughs> i again did not know that but it makes sense because wanted... he was universal's golden child yeah he was the poster boy he was the guy that <sighs> he'd done so well with um with, with bringing universal forward uh -huh. it, it was a no-brainer for universal but he was like mm -hmm. i don't I don't I don't think so no it, it was the it was the prosthetic side of it he said that was the turn and put like the turn off point because again it's another character that is heavily made up like you're not going to see him mm. so I can totally understand at that point 
like yeah I'm not doing it but I had no idea Boris Karloff was like kind of it was even considered yeah when Boris turned it down they off they then offered it to Glenn Strange and Glenn Strange took over from Boris Karloff playing Frankenstein after Karloff and he was like no I don't swim I I don't go in the water (laughs) I'm not doing that um so they were trying to get that name or that provenance Mm -hmm. or that uh they were trying to bring the success back, I think, because I think it had tailed off slightly yeah. towards the beginning of the 50s. The only reason I know that because of the make- who the makeup artist is at the time of Creature, because it's not facing anymore. Mm-hmm. We've now got Bud Westmore. No, so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have a Westmore involved. So I know at that point things are not great <laughs> for Universal and where they're at. We yeah. might as well get into it i've already it, the most controversial thing that comes out of creature from the black lagoon which is so funny because it's only been the last few years yeah that it's actually being talked about is the fact that the actual was she the designer she was the designer yep of creature so kind of like concept artist um molder she it was a woman who did it, who was Millicent Patrick. And if you've seen any podcast where I have spoke about Creature, I will bring this up because I feel it is so important that this story is told to the masses. Um, she was the designer, the, cre- the concept creator, and she was doing an amazing job. She sculpted it. It was perfect. Everyone loved it. Everyone loved her. She was going on press tours. They were really putting everything into Millicent Patrick was going to bring the crowds to the cinema to see this movie. And Bud Westmore sat back and went, I'm not having this. I'm not having this. I'm not having a woman take credit. And he... How dare she? I know. How dare she? And he put his big boy pants on and... threw his name out there because let's be honest a Westmore it meant something back then and he kind of got his way and Millicent was taken off the press tours and Millicent was put into obscurity to where nobody knew that it was her who did all the work but it was Bud who was taking all the credit. I saw an interview with uh, Rick Baker and he was he was talking and I hate this guy but I'm saying it he was talking with Joe Rogan Mm. um and I don't like saying his name out loud because he's like Beetlejuice. He might pop up, but like, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Rick Baker was talking about Millicent and he was making mm-hmm. it very clear what she did and he wanted to make sure people knew her name. And yeah. then he was saying that the, the way about Bud was what he used to do was he used to send people home half day. He used to mm. say, right, everybody, you can all go home. You've done such a good job. And then what he'd do when they'd all leave, leave is he'd have leave. what he'd do was he'd have the press come in and he'd (gasps) tour the press around the sculpting room and stand there with really inappropriate tools with the for the job of the 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 sculpting that was happening that he was posing with so he would try and take credit because he used to do it with uh, a guy called chris Mueller. oh i know uh, that name yeah, he he helped Millicent with the final yes. head sculpt. So he was the one that put the bladders behind the gills to make them flap. He, he they worked in tandem. He worked off of her drawings. So watching watching what Rick Baker had to say about about Bob Westmore, it wasn't nice. No, and it, it, I I think I've heard Tom Savini saying, or 
maybe it was Rick Baker who was saying nobody would hold a sculpted knife the way that he does mm. or something along those lines yeah like, it's it was so really weird. inappropriate it, it was yeah. it looked really off like to anybody who knew in the business the way he was holding things they just it never rang it, it, it didn't ring true you know yeah. they were like yeah no he's a glory hunter because that's what he was he, he was just in it for the clout so he wasn't even he's do you know what he wasn't even the nicest westmore and he wasn't even the liked westmore nobody liked him not even his family <laughs> he really didn't like him he was a horrible person um but i found out about the millicent patrick story through the um oh gosh mallory o'mara the lady yeah. from the black lagoon now this obviously it goes into the story of Millicent's work and what she did, but it also tells her life story. Mm. And it's all them two kind of have such a for nearly a hundred years between them, they have such an interesting connective life that a lot of things were brought full circle for her. It's such an interesting read. Um it's she writes like she talks, she's talking just to you. And she's telling you the story, and um, but she used Millicent used to live on the um the Hearst family plot in Los Angeles, um right. is it Randolph Hearst, who um so do you know do you know Lydia Hearst? She's oh, or Patricia Hearst. Then how do the you, name ring a bell? But off the top of my head, without googling, I've gone blank. I'm just gonna make sure I've got this name right because. Anthony said the one thing I had to do in this podcast was make sure that I had names right. <laughs> Hattie Hurst, she was the one who, it was the first time ever that uh, Stockholm Syndrome was known. Right. She was the one who robbed the bank. She robbed a bank with a group of people and she claimed Stockholm Syndrome for like, right, kind of yes. like occultism. Yes. Uh-huh. Her daughter, well, that their whole family had Randolph Hearst had this huge, massive estate. They kind of like run LA, and yeah. Millicent used to live on the grounds. Right. Her dad, I think, was an architecture forum. It's so interesting. The Hearst family are, oh, it's it is crazy. Um, but it, it's such an interesting read because you do get to know that side of it uh, of her life, and the fact that she kind of she used to work for Disney. She was yeah. a she was a Disney illustrator again, something she is not credited for. Um. But she worked for Disney and then she kind of like went into obscurity. Mm. Well, I heard that from all the, the stuff I've watched, I don't know if it's in that book, but she was suspected as being an Italian baroness. Yeah, she was. <laughs> yeah. And and I was like, what? And she was like, oh, I can't be bothered with that life. It's not for me. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't want to pursue that. I'm quite happy drawing. She changed her name so many times. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like to fit the profession of what she was doing that yeah it got a bit convoluted <laughs> <laughs> well I heard that she was a, 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 a like I said an Italian baroness and I also heard that she was a concert pianist um at one point she was like pulling some amazing great big like, like concerts true. yeah I feel like that's true and then I heard that she was the first female animator for disney yes um, that it wasn't just she worked with disney she was the first female animator because it was all men but she yeah. kind of like she a talent spoke and she did as well <laughs> yeah she and the thing that made me laugh which i found out was that the studio took bud westmore aside and they said to him 
stop doing what you're doing yeah we like the way this is heading it's good for us it's good for the studio it's good for the film and he said I'm gonna sack her when this this film's over because mm -hmm. I don't like the attention she's getting so that's when it became the beauty and the beast argument yes um whilst that had followed through if you look at the theme of the film uh, the film creature itself that's supposed to be what the theme is the beauty and the beast mm -hmm. um but they then took that from the film and applied it to the bud westmore miller st patrick debacle yes. and she came out being the beauty obviously so he wasn't liking it and the studio said don't do it and he still fired her yeah straight after the movie he still fired her and the executives just weren't happy but whatever reason they still stuck with that because yeah. it's, it's Westmore it's mm. not that it's just the surname it's the fact that they've got a Westmore like I yeah. you I can't describe how much pull those people had because they were the first of their kind with the makeup they were doing they were applying makeup that just wasn't wasn't used in movies anymore right and they had such a pull but again Bud was not not the he was not the boy no one liked him universal kind of looked out that they managed to get a westmore it's just unfortunate it was bud honestly there are so many documentaries about just but just the westmores alone because mm. if you watch face off you'll know michael michael and McK mckenzie yeah yeah they are part of that program and it wasn't like i never put two and two together until i started reading this book and i'm like okay <laughs> that's them that's them and then I go then you can go then I went down like a massive rabbit hole which probably everyone would if they start like getting into the Millicent Patrick story but again it was I, d I think I, Mallory was on a podcast uh, Tales from the Boo Crew and I was listening I was listening to her talk about Universal Monsters and then this came up and I was like oh okay I've read it. My sister's read it. It is honestly an amazing read, and it's not a hard read either. Yeah, you could blitz it. I'm not the best reader in the world. I've stopped and started so many books in my time that I can't keep track of them anymore. <laughs> but this one I read. So, have you got any more facts? Because I'm running out. <laughs> I have a few. I oh. have. Um, did you know that mm. in the second film? Uh, it was Clint Eastwood's debut. Yes, yes, yes. yes I, I did. Like, I saw, I saw the clip. I watched the clip of him playing the lab assistant or the lab guy or whatever his role was, and uh, I was like, "Good God, that that's bizarre." And apparently, is it? I, don't come for me if I get this wrong. But James Arnold, the guy who directed it, Arnold, the guy. Yes. the main director man yes. he hated him he hated Clint Eastwood really yeah and I don't know why they didn't really explain it he was just like they 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 said he was a bit too egotistical or was a bit too full of himself and he wouldn't he wouldn't um behave on set and things like that like he only had a tiny part but he tried to make it so much bigger and and he wasn't having none of it but <laughs> I mean at the end of the day obviously worked for him because East Clint Eastwood so yeah it, yeah something peered off there yeah but yes I did know that because I had to reread that line a few times when I was looking at it through like interesting facts about Creature and I was like Clint Clint Eastwood as in like Clint Eastwood <laughs> yeah 
I said, I, I was, Clint Eastwood. Like, really? I had to like keep reading it. Then I was like, surely he's like, it's this is not like a starting point. And it was. <laughs> it was. I was like, and it was. <laughs> and I think that sequel came out in 1955. So we're talking. Six. 1956 yeah yeah so, and it was literally it was in the works while this was still in production they were thinking of the next one because this is what we do in horror and it's something that has continued through horror from the 50s onwards you get an idea and you boom 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 manufacture everything out i know sometimes just leave things alone and i, I know i get stick for saying that quite a lot on the page but just leave stuff no, alone I, I totally agree I actually thought to myself, wow, what a, what a, uh, what a, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, what a monster to have just its own single film. Mm. Like, it's, yes, it, we've seen it in Monster Squad, which is fucking fantastic. Um, however, he's not classed, he's called the Gill Man, which he yeah. is the Gill Man in this book, really is creature. Um, but I thought, oh, well, how great is it? It has, he's had his own standalone movie, like, Nothing's come after it. And then I read that there's two other sequels after it. And the titles, man, The Creature Walks Among Us and Revenge of the Creature. And the concept art, like the posters, that is an awful creature. They're just trying to, they're trying to make him scary with each one. And they didn't need to because he was scary enough. Well, in the last one, um, they cut off all of his gills and make him human. <gasps> And um, they, honest to God, it's the worst thing you've ever seen. They dress him up. He looks oddly like Frankenstein because they give him these big square shoulders in a in a weird coat. And he goes and stands on the rocks and looks out longingly to the sea. But he can't breathe in the sea anymore because he doesn't have gills. And he looks like the Academy Award version of the... the uh, oh, it's fucking awful. No. And you see, I'm like, oh, God, why? Why you do this? Why? Oh, it's so bad. This should not oh. even be... Um, I actually do have one more factoid, which kind of goes in with what we've just been talking about. That the creature was actually on an episode of the Monsters. Yep. Uncle Gilbert. Yes. That's what that is. Yeah, that's what that is up there. Oh, that's Gilbert. amazing. I had, to, I had to go back and look at because it's been a long time since I've watched The Monsters in its entirety. It's not like The Golden Girls where I go back to it like every year or something. It's something I will watch every yeah. maybe a few years. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that that he was a, a, um, it was actually Richard Hill. Yep. Yeah. Who was it was actually they they credited him as mask and body. Yeah. Which I thought was a bit weird. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. But yeah, it, it's he's only in it for a small amount of time. I don't think he's in the entire episode. He comes to the door. He wants his money back that he's lent them, and that's about the episode really uh, that I can remember. I, like I, said, I haven't watched it, but for years I've got it. I've even got the DVD box set and everything. But you know, you just like I remember it. I've seen he had a bowler hat on. I think if I remember at one point, and, and a three piece suit, the creature, and and it was like. That's like your worst okay. nightmare, knocking on your door with a switch uh, on. <laughs> That's what we're doing, are we? Okie dokie. You know, oh. so. Yeah, that was one of my, when I read it, I was like, no. But then when I saw it, I was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm having a, I'm having a memory come back. 
but that's the thing the creature has set a precedent for precedent precedent what the hell precedent. am i talking about they're, at least you correct there. yourself i don't <laughs> um it's only because people come for me if i don't um <laughs> it, it's it's he's he's just featured heavily in so many different connotations i mean you look at guillermo de toro he mm. has always been obsessed with hp lovecraft and so when he did the shape of water and he did the uh hellboy ape mm -hmm. sapien and the amphibious man yeah. they're of clearly of the same race of whatever oh, they are absolutely um but he he took great inspiration from the gill man and it's mm -hmm. the same with um monster squad obviously the gill man there as well and and you can see it through film every film that has some sort of underwater creature has mm -hmm. some sort of that they cross with a human has some yeah. sort of creature vibe about it there's something there that you look at and you go your I creature see what you did. yeah i see that i know um i watched shape of water this year actually and it's one of those movies where i've just i don't mean to put it off but it's never in the forefront to i have to yeah. instantly watch this and i was really poorly one day and i was like you know what? i'm gonna do it <laughs> I want. I've got nothing. I want to do it, and it was one of the most breathtaking, beautiful, oh, aesthetically pleasing movies I have seen in a long time. And I know it's been it's been out for a while. I couldn't keep help calling the creature Abe. Yeah. Even though I know it wasn't, but yeah. it's just the look. But and then I obviously after I finished it, I get on IMDb as I do after everything I watch, and he won. He approached Universal um to ask to do a creature yeah, from the did. black lagoon film and they said absolutely not so he said not a problem i'll do me own yeah that's what you like though i mean if you look at i did a bit of research into all the people that have been offered to do creature movies over oh, the years okay and <laughs> We, we have <laughs> in 1982 john landis was approached to do a creature remake now his success of american werewolf yeah. that was riding off the back of the american werewolf i don't know how that would have ended up i'm not mm. sure that was a good no. choice and only because oh, see with john landis i can't get past twilight zone and what happened there <laughs> with and the helicopter. that probably that probably yeah. clouds my judgment when it comes to him because look, well look at thriller yeah thriller is a masterpiece and that is through the through the eyes of john landis but i just for some reason on a personal level can't get behind it even yeah. though his it i really wish that whole helicopter thing didn't happen yeah i wish he wasn't an asshole because that scene in twilight zone the his um bit that he was that story is amazing like vic morrow um is an awful person racist as fuck like not a nice guy and he manages to throw himself into the worst parts of history yeah. and be approached by everything that he, he there's one scene where he's a black man where he's a jew like he's thrown into the worst parts and treads the way that he's been treating these people for so long and then he, it, it ends because the helicopter scene happened and cut him and it, off yeah with um, kids with two children and they broke yeah. they broke um child law labors 
did. John Landis yeah. was held personally responsible and he got away with it. But yeah, my um my my thing is cloud of air. So I don't know how I would feel about that. No. I mean, this next one I'd be very curious about. And it, in mm. 1995, Peter Jackson was approached coming off the back of Bad Taste. So we haven't gotten King Kong yet, right? We, no. So right. this is pre-Kong, pre-Kong, pre-Lord of the Rings in 95, I think, as well. Oh, God, think, no. yeah. Yeah, because so, it probably might have been in like some form of production, but it certainly wasn't. Yeah, for bad taste. I mean, you can correct us in the comments if we're wrong. Yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it was coming off the back of the success of like Bad Taste and um, Dead or Alive or, you, you know, the, the films he'd done for that. Um, yeah. And I don't know how that would have gone from the Peter Jackson so, of the early years compared to horror now. Peter Jackson, yeah. Because if you're going from New Zealand indie filmmaker making these glorious horror, because let's be <laughs> yeah. honest, Dead or Alive, it's one of my favourites. It has a special place in my heart, but it is very gory. Yeah. Um. And then you've got Peter Jackson after Lord of the Rings. Like, let's just class Lord of the Rings as the middle part. Yeah. Because after that, you've got King Kong, and that is like a CGI fuckfest. Yeah. So I'm not on board for CGI creature, but I don't – I think he would have gone gruesome with it. I think it would have been a totally different type of film, for sure. Mm-hmm. In 1996, here's one that's going to blow your mind. Ivan Retman was <gasps> approached – now, how the hell that would have gone? I do not know. A comedy version of the creature. Hey, Bill Bill Murray as the creature. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd as the creature. I don't I've I'm really not I I, I don't know how that would have gone down, but uh yeah. Okay, my I like I'm gobsmacked. I can't I can't wrap my head around that pitch. Like, okay, Ivan, um got an idea for you. You know, you've done you, you you've had your success with um Ghostbusters and I think you did stripes. Um and then we're gonna I think <laughs> don't yeah, come I, for us, people. Yeah. <laughs> um but now we're gonna offer you Preacher from the Black Lagoon yep. starring Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine the fish coming out and he'll just smoke a big cigar or something when it comes out of the water, you know. Or like... even Harold Ramis as yeah. Creature from the Black Lagoon. With his big glasses on. Oh my god, I can't even wrap my brain around how that would even come out on screen. No, no. But I mean, none of these got very far. These were people that had been considered or talked about, but the only one that actually made it to a full script um, and having a director all the people on board but never got taken any further than that was in 1992 they approached John Carpenter oh and his angle on the entire film was making it um tie in with Lovecraft so he wanted to take the shadows of in Innsmouth the mm -hmm. idea of the fish people yeah um and make it like a the like the um the deep ones had you know, in the book, the deep ones, they, they sleep with the people of the town so that the people of the town become these hybrid fish people that are intelligent like humans, but also... 
they have the knowledge of the deep ones and you know is yeah i'm i'm not a i'm not a, like a lovecraftian um but i have started to appreciate it more as an adult me husband is very much like yeah. the, is it the cthulhu side yeah. of things yeah I've, it's very I'm, heavy his stuff yeah. is so heavy but i'm starting to like as a as a youngster i was very much on the egg Poe of life yeah you know being the dirty god that i am um but now i'm getting a bit older i'm starting to like um is it reanimated yeah it took me a long time to get the lovecraftian in that i now understand it yeah i just thought that was a batshit crazy film yeah but i kind of get it now jeffrey with jeffrey and barbara i have him on my wall somewhere he's right there (laughs) yeah i've got i've got jeffrey up here and he signed uh a poster for me oh for Um, fuck's sake he's not signed on mine (laughs) he did horicon a couple of years back at sheffield and i went and met him and i was really surprised because i'm five three and he must have only been about five 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 six he's tiny you know when something really like i always have this thing that everybody surprises me how small they are but like it's it's one of those odd things because in my head everyone's always taller than me so when i watch him on a film i'm like he's clearly six foot tall and then i met him and i was just like i could pretty much yeah there, there wasn't much in it and i was like oh this isn't too bad he's got so, such an interesting face jeffrey like, Jones, yeah yeah very interesting face i like i do love I, he's staring at us right now i do <laughs> i do love that uh that film but then choices i'm still like blown away like peter jackson that's the one that kind of interests us more than the rest of them because just knowing what his horror background was is like yeah. and what he can do it just makes us think like what could we have gotten out of that yeah but none of them got as far as the john carpenter one and i don't know whether it was because carpenter was coming off the back of at that point halloween was well and truly dusted yeah. from his point of view he passed it over it was being flogged to death in 92. I think vampires might have come out oh around then. God. I think it was around then. I might be wrong. It might be further on in the 90s or just before then. But he was still having quite good success with a lot of things. And uh, he also, just a quick side note, if anybody ever wants to hear John Carpenter's music, it's batshit, if anybody does. Because obviously, you know, he does a lot of the soundtracks to The mm-hmm. Thing, The Fog, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. He's actually featuring, uh, featured on a track with Gunship, who I will champion forever and a day, even though Gunship aren't my, my type of music. They're like a electro, electro 80s pop. Yeah. Um, he did a song with them called Black Noir. And it's his synth. And he's like, and they're singing over the top. And honestly, they're worth a listen. It is it's a bit crazy the videos all stop go animation and like plasticine and stuff and it's, it's oh, wow. really it is really really good if anyone gets a chance to black noir i think that's what i've it's heard called. he's a, he's he's a good performer because that's mm-hmm. what he he did for a long period of time he was just doing music yeah. and not really concentrating on films but i will die on a hill and i will do it single-handedly if i have to for that movie vampires because i fucking love it I haven't seen it in years, but I know it's got James Kahn in it. He was the Wood. James, James Wood. Ah, yeah. James, James Wood. And James Kahn is is Misery. James Woods is the other one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know? I had a sudden urge yesterday to watch the Good uh, the Godfather. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I don't know why. It, it, it's a very long film, and I sat and watched the whole entirety of it. Um, and then totally forgot that James Kahn passed away last year. Yeah. And I got saddened by that. Um. No, James Woods and yeah, his Woods. amazing tight 
tight jeans. <laughs> How he moved in those, I do not know. I mean, I he must have had. He must have had some bugger helping him get into them jeans because they are tight. <laughs> tight like a tiger. Tight. And he's his he, his leather jacket. I mean, he makes leather and denim look good. I'm not he's I'm not person on a personal level, not the hugest fan of James Woods. However, in that movie, fuck yes. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and watch it now, I think. I haven't seen it in that long. Oh, it's so good. He is so it's it it's ridiculous, but it's still brilliant at the same time. So John Carpenter so thinking of that, of the time like the time era era. I still can't picture how John Carpenter would would approach it. As I think much that, as I... Go on, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to say a similar, I think it would be a similar vibe as to the shape, how he was with Michael, where he would, mm. allude, he would, he would allude to it a lot, like they did in the original. It was sort of in and out. It wasn't like a thing, but if he was going to go full Lovecraft and bring in the Shadows of Innsmouth and, and the Fish People, it wouldn't have been a creature. It would have been a reimagining of a Lovecraftian version of the creature of the universal monsters of the John Carpenter land of this and that. And that would have, I think it just was too complicated to, to <laughs> possibly pull off to the audience because yeah, there was just too much there. There was too much in the way of ideas and uh, uh, yeah, I think that would have been super expensive as well to have that yeah. many people, fish people at the time. I, I don't. <laughs> I'm still gonna champion Peter Jackson. <laughs> like, I'm still, I'm still having this like thought in my head. Like that would be amazing. But I've seen his work after Lord of the Rings, and I've not been to. That's not the Peter Jackson I remember. That's the Peter Jackson with money, and the Peter Jackson I remember was very much all about um oh, why why is my brain not working like real real prosthetics like real yeah. what's the word i'm looking for a champion in like proper special effects and and like um prosthetics and he was a very much in the way of he liked the visceral gore and the um practical the, effects that's the word i'm looking for, for there you go <laughs> you can see anyone watching back you'll see my brain starting to frazzle and it's like you must get this um practical effects Der is it dead or alive or is it what what else is it called it's called something else as bad, well there's bad taste isn't there as well that you brain did. damage that's it yeah brain damage we i think we got it as brain damage well i certainly remember as it remember it as brain damage that is nothing but practical effects and gore and yeah. mush and goo and <laughs> a lot of it <laughs> yeah a lot of bashing things on heads if i remember rightly like heads exploding and and people exploding yeah. it's yeah. been a long time but yeah Oh, Which I one watched was it. Derek in was Derek in Dead or Alive? Who looked like Harry Potter? Coincidentally, when you look back and look at Derek, he was his main guy in one of his movies. And I just oh, remember... it's it's not it's not Brenda because that's um oh what is he called? He's called Lionel in right. that one because it the one of the line. It's the only reason I remember it for is because one of the lines is Lionel, your mom ate my dog. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah brilliant. that's the only reason i remember that one but 
that is so interesting i feel like i've learned so much from that from that that was amazing well i also found out that in 1977 there was a book written which was like a reimagining of the, the creature um <laughs> they reimagined him as a 30 ton hermaphroditic monster with a long tail that basically was the same size as the boat in the original the rita Mm-hmm. They want. They wanted to make the creature that big in this book, and uh, it, yeah, it, it didn't even get past publishing, if I remember rightly, from what I've I've heard, because they said that how can you make something that's supposed to be humanoid into this big non-binary ship-sized monster with a tail? It, it doesn't translate, and they were like, you can't say it's the creature from the Black Lagoon if it's got absolutely no relevance because it's fucking Godzilla. <laughs> Well, they they had a treatment for another book that was written and they made him a telepathic alien in that one. So it was like, uh, leave leave it alone. Leave it alone. Honestly, people are on some hardcore fucking drugs when they're writing this shit out. My God. Is it the time? (laughs) (laughs) In 2009, right, I only found this out because I didn't go. I, I went to Universal Studios in L.A., in 2010 but i found out had i have gone a few months earlier i could have caught this in 2009 the <laughs> creature the musical opened oh, in universal studios hollywood uh it debuted on the 1st of july and closed on the 9th of march 2010 it only survived for seven months and I, I just cannot wrap my head around that one. Out of all the facts that I found, I was like, Creature, the musical. <laughs> I just know. Hmm. A fucking creature going across the stage. I'm a creature from the Black Lagoon. Doing the can-can. <laughs> Doing the can-can off the stage, yeah. Oh, I don't... oh, my God. I would genuinely be intrigued to know if anybody has seen it in yes. person and in real life <laughs> please leave that, in the comments even if you've seen a video of it direct us to where it is we need to see this fucking musical of creature i just i i it apparently it a thousand percent happened i've not imagined it i didn't make it up it is there it was where that they now have like the jabberwockies and stuff so it's right across from where the harry potter uni- part is in universal right. so they had it in there in like the big um it's like a big auditorium section that's inside that they do lots of things on well it's like um i don't know if you've been to florida universal of florida once but i did horror halloween night so i went at night time so i i haven't i haven't been to florida in the last oh my good god maybe 20 years now so it's a it's a very different place from how i remember it but one thing that i do remember and cherish and know that it's i think it's gone now is the universal um monster makeup um experience where you get to sit in an auditorium and learn all about all this monster makeup and not once did they mention the creature. Mm. <laughs> Everything was um, werewolves. It was the talking point. And was, I think Tom Savini is the host, right, on a video screen, if I remember rightly. <laughs> um, and they talk about John Landis's um, American Werewolf and the the werewolf transformation and 
how that's progressed from Lon Chaney Jr. to where they are. And it, it is really interesting. It was really interesting. And I loved it. I soaked in every second of it. <laughs> well, they've scrubbed literally from Florida that I can see. They've scrubbed all of the Universal stuff because they used to have the Monster Cafe um, yes, as well. It, it was just over gone. the road or something, wasn't it? Something that wasn't that far away. Yeah, I only found out it went either over COVID or just after COVID they got rid of it. That's so sad. So. It's so sad that such a such a huge starting point for Universal is the Monsters. Mm-hmm. And they don't even acknowledge it? They do in the LA one. Um, you see... When you're doing the tour, they take you down this road and they've got all the movie posters from the start of Universal all the way up to the modern day and they reference all the big films. So you've got Frankenstein, you've got Dracula, you've got, you know, all the big ones all the way going down. But, um, and they have, if you do the VIP tour, they'll talk you through and they'll take you places where they explain a lot more about where they shot the bits for the creature in Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. And they show they show you the lake that they filmed it all in and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it is sad. I th- I just I think it deserves more because they don't break out any attractions mm-hmm. until Halloween Horror Nights is the only time you'll see at Universal LA mm-hmm. the Universal Monsters walkthrough. That's the oh. only time. And and, and that's so sad. It's shit. It is shit because they are the. I can't think when we were doing research for the the Universal Monsters episode that we did. I can't remember seeing much before the monsters when it came yeah. to Universal Pictures. Yeah, it was it w- a lack of investment, and somehow this. Oh God, Paul Lem Lemay Lamar. I, I never. Pre- yeah, that's the one. I can't pronounce his surname. I couldn't pronounce it last <laughs> you know, time. The only reason I know how to pronounce it because on its Wikipedia and I had to, you know, when you got and listen to how it's broken down, yeah. I had to do that. And then he <laughs> says it's Lumley. Lumley. Right. Right. I will yeah. forget and say it again, I'm sure. That was but, fine. Like, <laughs> but yeah, he, he found a, a major investment. Um he 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 either invested in it or uh he found investors to put this project through um after someone gave him a copy of mary shelley's frankenstein to read right Um, obviously dracula had already been made but dracula had been made two or three times i mean at that point dracula had been done silent it had been done in english and then they reshot an entire spanish version with totally different fluent spanish actors which they dubbed as well which was bizarre but um it was becoming to a point of where they realised there was success there, but they hadn't quite broke it with Dracula. It yeah. hadn't quite got to the uh, success that they wanted it to. So by putting the investment into Frankenstein, which they, they found and they did, they realised that actually everything going back, even Dracula was going to gain re- more popularity because people were finding that after watching Frankenstein and the money that they spent on the set for Frankenstein, if you watch it, compared to mm-hmm. the set for for Dracula was so much more yeah in general so yeah it was just investment really why they so it would be nice to it'd be nice to have because the creature feature would be amazing in a in a park or is that just someone who's a big fan would love to see (laughs) yeah I don't know do you think there's anything that we could that in the future we would see from creature or do you think let's just leave him where he is 
in his lagoon, chilling. I think people, if they could do a practical version of the creature, mm-hmm. if they, and they don't need to reimagine him too much. I mean, he is what he is for all in purposes, all intent and purposes. He's a man and a fish. There's not really much more you can do with that. No. Um, the rumour was that in the dark universe, you know, with the new mummy that came out with Tom oh, Cruise. Yeah. Did, the rumour was Chris Evans was going to play the creature and Scarlett Johansson was going to be Kay. So I am very glad that hasn't happened. Not because I don't like them. And no, I think I... they're both very good actors and actresses, but I don't see that. I mean, you don't need a buff creature. <laughs> you you don't need it. You, it... No, you just need it. It's, it's slender. He's, he's toned. He's not like beefed up. Yeah. That's just like, I've got this, I've got such an image in my head of like a beefed up creature. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that one... wouldn't, that wouldn't have worked. No, no one wants to see I mean, Dame Judy Hench getting out of the water, do they? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. You know, getting out and bulldogging at the camera. Any creature? It's just not. I mean, no, thank you. No. no. Personally, I would be happy if we never saw him on the screen again. Yeah, and that's I mean, putting it in the nicest way possible. I think something like the Monster Squad, where they have him part of the gang uh, of the original guys yeah where they stay true to the cheesy makeup the cheesy dracula bogus frankenstein you know um wolfman's got nods you know they keep that (laughs) they keep that whole tongue-in-cheek way about it i Mm -hmm. wouldn't have a problem with that but if they fiddle around with the design too much and they make it cgi or they take away the practical elements or they make it some preposterous story about like the ecosystem which i feel like that's what would happen it would become a cautionary tale for yeah. for pe- people um treating the ocean badly okay in real life documentary crack on yeah but i don't want that for something that's been I... so adored to then be yeah. used as a a poster guy for not tipping your shit in the river you know if you dump your plastic in the ocean kids this is what happens to you. (laughs) And then creature just appears. (laughs) Hi kids. Hi kids. (laughs) Or if they make him talk, which I feel like, I kind of feel like if it was Chris Evans, they would have made him talk. Oh God. Yeah. Because you got to get paid by the the word, don't you? So like, (laughs) but that was, see, going back to the creature's aesthetic, that mouth, when it just, it does move. So there is movement in his face. He's not just completely static. If something came out of that and started talking, no, yeah, I'm no. out. <laughs> I am yes. out. So I think if if it was used in the same way as a tongue-in-cheek introduction to kids to horror, to like the Monster yeah. Squad, which I'm not saying remake the Monster Squad, I'm just saying something along those lines, I wouldn't have a problem. Oh, but do not, do not touch the Monster Squad, Hollywood. It is absolute <laughs> perfection. But Please. in other words, I'm with you. I think leave it where it is. Let people have something that doesn't need to be regurgitated. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
it's one of the very rare films that they haven't done that with. I mean, Dracula. How many Draculas have we seen in? in different... Oh, good. good. How you many Frankenstein's? No, find it surprising that Hammer Horror didn't touch it. Actually, I'd never even thought about that. I'd never even thought about that they didn't bring him in. I... And it's only because I can't think of the top of my head did they ever do, and I don't think they did. I don't Please, think they did. Obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but. I don't no. and but look at the look at what they were trying to do. They were like almost like they were they were universal monsters, but not. It was kind of like edged up and it was yeah. in color and you know Christopher um Lee is is that with blood and everything for Dracula. Um that was the first image that came into my head when I thought a hammer horror is Christopher Lee Dracula. Yeah. Um I don't think they did a creature. I don't think they did because I'm trying to go through in my head. I have like a mental rolodex of things, and like I'm thinking, Peter Cushion, no, he did, he was that, and you know, when you're going through in your head, yeah. and I'm like, definitely not, definitely not. I, someone even all... they didn't touch it. No, so they knew either it was far too expensive to try and pull something like that off, or it was just they appreciated it for what it was, and they thought, right, okay, I'm gonna go with the letter. I'm gonna go yeah. with they appreciated it for what it was because it is an absolute masterpiece there is nothing from start to finish in this movie that you will you just gripped because like i, I did like for me like i said earlier the the storyline is quite forgettable like if yeah. someone asked me what they were there for it's got something to do with a dig like <laughs> and i've they, seen this movie a hundred times yeah all i know is they find the fossil hand at the beginning and then they yes. become convinced that there's more or something out there that can help something can blah and then they go on a boat and then a tree falls down and then they're trapped and that's where they are and then they have to contend with the creature until such a time they can get away i think and, they, and he steals key adams mm -hmm. into a cave which is hilarious to watch actually because her flailing around is so funny. <laughs> well, I actually, on one of the um, documentaries that I watched, uh, Ben actually couldn't see where he was going when he was carrying her and he whacked her into one of the rock formations and she yeah. had her eyes closed because she was obviously pretending to be passed out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there is, there's a famous picture of her having a bandage put on her head where when Ben's reaching down and he's all in the costume oh. and he's talking to her. Because um, he said, I just couldn't see what I was doing. And I didn't realise how close I was. And I whacked her face into the rocks. So. <laughs> it's not funny. Kate no, it is. is. She is absolutely beautiful in that movie. She she really is in black and white. Mm. Yeah. There's um, something about that time, though. I think all women in that time, it didn't matter if they were large, small. Uh, you know, there was no... It, and can... There was just a sense of... Beauty. I don't know. Yeah, it, it so was beauty. Yeah. Beauty within yeah. black and white. I think black and white can. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say it can hide stuff because I think it accentuates more than anything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I get. It. I totally get what you mean by that. Even the lady, the crazy lady in the Invisible Man, <laughs> even she looks stunning <laughs> with her mad screaming. <laughs> e, it's the Cockney accent for me. <laughs> it's the police officer. Hey, oh, governor. Oh, going God. on in here? <laughs> oh, so I'm many impressions! I had to, I had to look up. Is this a comedy? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I can't wait to if we get to that episode. Oh yeah, well it will be soon because it is happening. I've already told Graham we're doing Invisible Man. <laughs> 
All right, I'm gonna have to work on my impression of the old deer now, aren't I? So yeah. So my last question. So the opening one is what makes him a great monster. The last question is why do you love him? I always identify with the monsters. I always do. He was there first. Fuck off. That was, was such a, a good answer. He, it's his land. It's his place. It's his home. And you're invading his. If someone come in my house, I'd be pissed. <laughs> Get out of my house. I'm going to take your lady for coming in my house. <laughs> yeah, tax. That's what that is. That's a tax. <laughs> but yeah. Get out of my house. That's what I have to say about that. So I gotta agree that the identifying with the monster. I just I have a, such a strong sense of oh like they don't there's all this stuff is happening to them and they don't understand why. Yeah. Creature is no different than Frankenstein when yeah. it comes down to the understanding of what's actually happening. Um he doesn't understand why these people are in his water mm -hmm. he sees and he is attracted to for reasons he probably doesn't understand to this absolutely sensational woman who can swim just mm -hmm. like he can yeah and he is then cure more more and more curious i generally don't believe he took her away to hurt her no i just think he was so taken back by a creature because remember, we probably look like creatures to him. Yeah. That he was just, he was fascinated. He was, he doesn't know the rights and wrongs and this, that, and the other. Um, I just, I love, I have such a sense of wanting to comfort them. Yeah. I just understand where they're coming from. I've always been someone who sits back and just goes, hmm. I get you your know, train of thought. Yeah. I mean, I didn't ask to be like with with Frankenstein and the bride neither of them wanted to be there they were just mm -mm. made to fit some guy's ideology and they were yeah. like we don't belong here we this we shouldn't be alive I I want to die you know I, and and it's like I get where they're coming from not because of any like suicidal connotations or anything like that but they didn't ask for that and they've been yeah. forced into a, a world where they they didn't ask to be and then with the creature it's like you've come into their house dracula's a kind of different thing altogether because i see and I, I get that because i don't have a connection to dracula yeah. like i do with the others even yeah. wolfman yeah he and didn't ask for that to, to happen that to him yeah no he so it's all that's why i love the monsters because technically they're innocent people you know, to some degree, before they either turn into what they turn into, or they are uh, made to be what someone else wants mm. them to be, or they are found in the wild, or yeah, leave them alone. Just yeah, <laughs> I can find great sympathy with what situation they've been put in. Mm -hmm. That's the best way I can describe it. I am totally and one hundred empathetic. I'm sympathetic. I am all the pathetic, just to be able to understand, like, just be on their wavelength. Like, I can't believe I sat and cried at the end of Frankenstein, all because of the way he was treated. See, I laughed it at the bit really where he... broke my heart. No, I I am completely with you. I laughed at the bit where he killed the kid. He yeeted her in the river and I laughed. But then at the that. end... I love when you say yeet. <laughs> I'm trying to be down with the kids. I love it. 
But yeah, when he throws the girl in the in the river, and I mean, at the time, you don't realise she's dead until like 10 seconds afterwards when the dad's carrying her out. But like... Oh, my child couldn't yeah. stand up in the water. That was probably a few inches to... <laughs> exactly. And it's like, I laughed because it's so ridiculous because he goes, ah! And, and then he walks off and it's like, because it's he childlike no, brain. He doesn't understand. no concept of what he's just done. He thought she'd float like the flower. So he put her in the water like the flower. So, you know, and then you see him at the end and he's being lynched practically. Yes. And it's like he actually understands what the feelings, he, well, he doesn't understand his feelings, but he he comes to grips with the fact that he's not supposed to be there. He's not natural. He's not, yeah, he's not what everybody else is. And that's that's something when you're a misfit kid, I think you can always identify with that that isn't supposed to be yeah you know you sort of fit in that little bracket of but he's you know he's a bit of a weirdo and you're identifying with that yeah you're standing at the top of that barn and you have people with pitchforks pitchforks and fire yeah. around you i think we've all metaphorically been in that position before oh yeah oh we're going to end on there because i said a long word <laughs> <laughs> sold the end the end. Well, thank you so much for joining the first episode of Monsters Up North. I will, by next week, have the opening down because I have learned from the Game of Thrones one, I really need to be consistent because it was different every week. <laughs> I never got it right. But thank you. Thank you for coming on and joining us, Dan. Dan's going to be here with me every week talking all glorious monsters lucky you people whoop, whoop. and next week we have we will have the glorious jake coming to join us because next week's episode is godzilla hey <laughs> so we're getting to talk about that big scary dragon thing i am gonna admit that i'm gonna have to do my homework for godzilla but... i love godzilla so this is a good one for me love me a kaiju Love me. I, I, I love that word. Yeah. So we're going to have Jake on to come and talk all things Godzilla. So again, thank you so much for joining us um, and joining us on this new journey. Remember to like, share and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It all helps. Um, we have so we have a bit of a schedule now. We have every Friday. Goodwill and oh, sorry captain goodwill and graham i can't remember what graham's name is so no <laughs> i can't remember but graham and um, is going to be trekking through the universe every friday on our youtube channel our live show is exactly the same as always 7 30 on youtube and uh, this week is top five great oh actually it would have already aired because we are coming out on a monday so who cares yeah, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes and we will be coming out on a monday a monster monday so that is our schedule going forward uh you can find us on facebook our community pages on facebook just look for nerdy up north you can find dan's facebook page on i was just gonna say facebook page on facebook that didn't sound right <laughs> You can find Dan's Facebook page at Bleed and Marvelous. Um, all the links for everything will be down below. Um, remember, we are on our social medias, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and we play video games on Twitch. Did it. 
you did yes. it. So thank you everyone for watching and remember to tune in on next week for new Monster Monday. See you early, everyone. Bye. <laughs>